Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, uh, joined as always by Matthew Chandler. And Matthew, uh, get right into it right now, kind of. Um, obviously not a, not a great weekend for Everton. Um, another disappointing home performance. But before we get into that, how, how are you doing today? Good, thanks, Gino. Uh, nice good to have you back. Um, obviously missed your way for the last one. Then we took a week off last week, didn't we? But um, yeah, normal service resumed, I think, with me and you. Uh, sort of picking the bones out of another fantastic Everton home performance. Yeah, honestly, it's been it's been a while since I've been on, like you said, and um, it was very relieving and and very um, calming. And and I, I you know I wasn't stressed all the time, um, <laughs> but here we are. Um, and of course, naturally, my welcome back is talking about this game against Palace. Uh, we'll jump right into it. Everton and Palace tie one uh, one. Um, there's four changes from the City tie. Um, uh, this, the city match, uh, it was, uh, Olsen in for Virginia, um, Keen in for Godfrey who picked up a little bit of a knock and, and was on the bench. Um, Davies for Allen and Rodriguez for Sigurdsson. Um, other than that, uh, everything else was the same. Um, Hummus scored in the 56th minute, uh, Batshuayi scores in the 86th to tie it for. Palace and 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 before we get into the mischances and the the, sh- the sh- stress that Everton caused us over the past weekend, tell me about what you thought about you know the the pregame stuff, the lineup and and, and the setup and and how things um or what you thought about about how things played out in in that sense. Well, I was initially quite hesitant, not hesitant, but unsure about the lineup because it looked like the three at the back, but it transpired as and we kind of still haven't had mixed results with that in uh, an earlier part of the season um, I felt a bit sorry for Joao Virginia um, because I felt he probably did enough against Man City to keep his place but I couldn't understand you know, given our younger years and how much faith Ancelotti seems to have in Robin Olsen I can understand why Olsen came back um, obviously you know, a massive boost to have Hamas Rodriguez back um, and to be honest, I thought the, the way the game panned out, it probably was the right formation to go with for Everton because I felt, by and large, this was a better home performance. Um, if only things hadn't kind of changed in the last 10 minutes, which I'm sure we'll get into, because it felt like the change in tack from the manager kind of contributed to that change in, in result, really. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But like you said, it was, you know... I- it was an interesting setup. Obviously, some situations. Allen um, not in uh, the in the squad at all. Godfrey, um, obviously, like I said, picking up a knock in in U twenty one England um, England camp. So he didn't start either. And 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 obviously, those are two important players for um, for this Everton side. I mean, it 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 played out well in the beginning you know it's like i said before we everton missed their chances and that's you know a, a huge part of this and and we'll get into a little bit about calvert lewin and richarlison but um you mentioned the subs let's talk about that you know uh, did do you think the subs cost everton is this is this ancelotti's fault um obviously it's a better home performance but still not the result you would expect um at home I don't think it was so solely Ancelotti's fault um, because, like you said, there were enough chances there that you would expect Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, and Richarlison to take, um, given their their quality. Um, but 
I just felt Everton had quite a nice balance in defence. But Mason Holgate, um, you know, unsurprisingly looks a lot more comfortable and composed in his, you know, natural home of centre back. Uh, Yeremino, Michael Keane were fine. Thought Seamus Coleman was really good down the flank. Luca Dean thought was less impressive than Coleman, but still fine. Um, I just felt like it. I mean, and then the thing you could say is who else have we got on the bench because. You know, there was no Allen, there was no Bernard, there was no Wobi. So, you know, Figgerton's already come on for Gomez for the injury um, and then brings on Jean-Philippe Gubamin for his return after nearly 600 days out um, and Godfrey. And look, Godfrey's had a great season and didn't think he was particularly bad yesterday and when he came on, it just felt he upset the balance. I thought taking James Coleman off was a weird decision considering how well he was playing. And Gabamin just looked really rusty, which is understandable given given how long he's been out for. It just felt it felt a bit it reminded me of I said this in our chat, but it reminded me of a game under Martinez where we're two 0 up against West Ham with fifteen minutes left with ten men and, and he brings on um brings on Umar Nias for his debut and the whole balance of the game just shifts against Everton and we lose three two. Obviously it wasn't that disastrous yesterday because we still got a point um and we were only one one goal up. Um but I also think, you know, I know we don't play, I know we're kind of constrained by how good, you know, a style of play we can we can employ because of the limited, you know, squad that Ancelotti's got in terms of numbers and quality. But I do think, you know, could ever not be a bit less passive? Could we not show a bit more authority and, and take the game to Palace? Because I know we had a chance, we should have killed them off earlier with the chance we had, but even still, I just felt just started to retreat further and further back and, and you know, I don't think many people have really been that surprised in the end that Palace equalised because you kind of see it coming. Yeah, I mean, just to, you know, go on the subs to start off, uh, specifically Gabamin. Um, in that sense, it's, you know, it's... Everton should have been up, uh, you know, enough goals for him to make his debut today either way, but... Um, yeah. You know, that's I, I think that's where this lies. And I don't think, you know, obviously in the moment, in, in the situation, bringing Gabamon back on is obviously um, – it's not the, the position you want to bring him back on. In, um, but with the everything that happened beforehand, he should have been <laughs> – it should have been a 3-4 goal lead for, them, for him to come on in and, and kind of just get some minutes out there and jog around and, and just get his feet back under him. Um, or his legs back under him, but it, you know it wasn't that, and that's why I think the Gabamin substitution obviously looks even worse um, because in the moment. But it, like you know, like you said, it's this. I, it is a little bit on Ancelotti for those subs, making some of those subs towards the end of the game. But I, I think, and 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 we'll get into this right now. You know, I think the, most of the blame here lies on on Calvert Lewin and Richarlison. No. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, them being the the strikers that they are, they should finish. Uh, Richarlison I found particularly annoying yesterday, just because. I mean, the free kick incident kind of annoyed me. I can, I mean, the, the fact is, the three of the players around him were, I think, Dean, Rodriguez, and Sigurdsson, none of whom have scored a free kick for Everton since I think 
August 2019, I think it was. So you can kind of look at that and think maybe he's justified, but it just, if you're going to be so, you know, sure in your own mind that you want, you're going to take this, you, I, I almost feel like you have to score to justify it, as, as you know, as harsh as that might sound on Richardson. Um, and we've seen that kind of thing before with him with penalties, haven't we? When I think there was one against Chelsea which got overruled in the end, but I think Allen had to like shepherd him away to let Sigurdsson take it. Um, and Calvert Lewin again, like there's one where Holgate plays a brilliant ball forward, um, and you know, perfect into Calvert Lewin's path, and, and I think he's one on one with Guaita, and, and Guaita, to be fair, as he always seems to do against Everton, had a very good game. But again, you'd expect Calvert Lewin to finish out. And I think yesterday was another sign that Calvert Lewin is not there yet, as in he's not the finished article yet. Like I watched Tottenham on uh, Sunday, and you see Harry Kane the way he sticks those two goals away, and you just think, you know, nobody I think expected Dominic Calvert Lewin to be at Harry Kane's level yet, but just shows you how much further he's got to go, I think, in his development. That said, the way he's taken chances, he's you, know, you would have expected him to score, and yeah. um, he certainly had an off day. But I just felt, yeah, I mean, up, up up to up to finishing, I thought it was a pretty good performance from Everton for the most part. Just yeah, yeah, to I, change I, the game and, and our profligacy in front of goal cost us. Yeah, I, I would say the same. Um, you know, like you said, a, a pretty good performance. I mean. I think we probably had more of an offensive threat in this game than we did in when than we have in most games, especially at home, um, against yeah. these these sides that that aren't aren't as aren't as good. But uh, like you said, you know, you look at Harry Kane this weekend and you see how he dominates and he, may, he finishes his chances and and puts those in the back of the net and and and, and you, you could see it with Calvert Lewin in, in spurts. You know, he's had those little stretches where he's just on and he could put it in the back of the net. But he hasn't been able to be consistent enough to do it on a on, on a week on a week to week basis throughout an entire season yet. Um, no. And then, of course, for Charleston as well, um, kind of the same type of thing. We've seen him finish those chances, but you know, in, in a situation like this, he, he's got. I mean, he had you know six or seven really good chances, probably that that could have went in the net. Um, obviously, the offsides at the very beginning when he um, yeah. gets the ball from from Gomez. Gomez. That, that's that's a problem as well. He, he one he probably shouldn't have pat and and on top of that he probably should try try and go at net himself. I understand like the 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 idea to, to pass it across to to Caverloon before the offside flag was was noticed. But still, I mean, he had plenty of room. He could have he could have went himself and probably would have had a, had a better chance in trying to pass it in between two defenders. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's about finishing chances and 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 that's the big thing. And and in a game like this, it's in other games, it, it's been a problem in other games too, where yeah. but, and those games have been much closer. In a game like this, it, you know, there were so many chances that, you know, it should have been, it, it should have easily been two or three nothing. And, and, and in other games, it's, it's much more marginal. Um, so, so maybe even more important in those other games, but this game also, you know, got to finish. How, how confident do you feel when you see Calvert Lewin like in on goal? Uh, honestly, like, not terribly confident no I, I i feel very confident when the ball goes in the air towards him yeah i feel yeah. confident he's going he can get ahead on it yeah but when it's him with a one-on-one with the goalkeeper or him you know with a defender running down the sideline there 
I don't yeah. know if we've seen him finish any of those chances yet this season or, or has maybe like twice. Yeah, I think he's only scored two, like two goals in the league under Ancelotti, which were not first touch. Yeah. Finishes. Do you remember the one against West Brom as well where he kind of is a mix-up and he lands it and he hits it straight at Johnston? The only one yeah, I can exactly. think of that immediately comes to mind is the uh, there's one against Cardiff a few years ago where Idrissa Gay plays him through. And he takes the shot quite early because I think, I think it's outside the box. He's kind of one-on-one, but he takes it very early. He puts it past um, who would have been Etheridge, the Cardiff keeper. But Calvert-Lewin strikes me as a player who, again, it's like the longer he has to think about what he wants to do, the, the worse he ends up looking. Just He's a very instinctive finisher, isn't he, I think? Yeah, well, he doesn't. He, I, I, don't, I don't think he has that. That that, and and maybe it's something he's still developing. But when it comes to a point where he's kind of on the left or the right side of the box, and he could, you, you say he's on the coming on the left side of the box, and he's got a one on one with the goal, and he can go right or or go near post. You know, like I don't think he has that decision making or the the clinical you know finish yeah. him to yeah. to do that right now, which no. is kind of a problem from your starting striker. But it's great when you're crossing the balls and no man's yeah. putting heads on him. But, you know, he's got to be able to finish some of these one-on-one chances as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get on him too much because he's he's been really great this season. Yeah, um, of course. And he's improved so much. He's just, I think he's still got a lot more improvement to, to do. Um, yeah. But he should do because he's only 20, 23, is it? Um, I think he's only 23, yeah. Yeah, so I expect more from him, but I'm sure it'll come because he's he seems to be, you know, he, he seems to take on board a lot of the advice that people like Ancelotti and Ferguson are giving him. And I'm sure he will get better. I'm sure, you know, maybe in a year's time, we'll, we'll see him get a similar chance, probably take it, because it does feel like constant improvements from Calvert-Lewin, and I think this is like the next thing he needs to work on, because um, he has improved so much as a finisher uh, since Ancelotti arrived. Um, this, I think, was just another reminder of, you know, how much more he's got to to learn really yeah no absolutely absolutely um but again he is like you said he is young still some time um obviously Kane at his you know top form right now is is 27 so you know or 27 or 28 or whatever so you know it's there's there's time for him but you know I think we got to start seeing some more progress in that you know in, in the areas of you know finishing and one-on-one chances, finishing from outside of six yards even. Um, you know, it feels like obviously those were, that's where most of his goals are coming from. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he develops. Um, I, like you said, um, Matthew, you wrote a piece here, um, and, and you've said this in the, in the chat multiple times already. Um, but this, this, uh, this piece was released, I think, today, right? Did yeah. You put it out today? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's a good point to bring up because – um, with the substitutions and kind of some of the things that have been going on in, in, in the past few games, you bring up the question is, is, is Ancelotti um, kind of had a lack of faith in his squad now and the players that, that he has at his disposal. And, and maybe you want to just go into a little bit of that and explain kind of, kind of why you're thinking that. Well, I mean, one of the points kind of carries on from the, the Calvert-Lewin discussion, which is we have nothing really in reserve to Calvert-Lewin, do we? So Calvert, which is part of the reason why I think Calvert-Lewin, especially in that very hectic sort of mid-season schedule, missed quite a few games or looked really spent physically in some of those games. I mean, we've got Josh King on the bench who I just don't really, I don't understand why we signed him, not because I think he's a bad footballer, but because Ancelotti was very positive about him when, when we signed him in his press conference. I remember watching that and thinking, wow, he, 
clearly really rates this guy, and yet I don't know if it's just fitness or whatever, but he's only played 117 minutes since he joined on deadline day. He hasn't scored. He hasn't started any games. And even on, you know, it's a pretty low-risk deal for him because then we paid a pretty small fee, all things considered. The King, his deal will expire at the end of the season, so there's not a lot of risks attached. But even still, you just wonder why we sign him if he's not being used in games like this where you think, just give Palace something else to think about because sometimes it's just not your day. And I think that was that it, it was like that yesterday for Calvert-Lewin. It wasn't his day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying take him off, but maybe just give him someone else to work with or just a different problem for Palace to face because you know, Josh King has scored a lot of, he's got a lot of Premier League goals for Bournemouth and um, you know, he has a different dimension he's very quick very direct and um, I'm not saying he's impressed me when he's played because I don't think he's offered a lot but I just think I just wonder why he's signed because it doesn't seem like he's really got much of a role yeah. Um and then, like you said, the other point about the lack of faith was just the other substitutes, which we've already touched on in terms of, you know, again, his hands were tied a bit because who else has he got? We've got Nathan Broadhead, uh, the two goalkeepers, the, the young fullbacks, who just kind of feel like place fillers, really. Um, so I don't know what he can do, but it just felt like he didn't trust Evan to, to see out that game by doing anything else than just kind of uh, battening down the hatches and, and, uh, you know, seeing out the 1-0. And in a way, I felt like this was kind of similar to Goodison games we've seen recently. Um, I made this point in the piece, but it felt a bit like the Leicester game where we were kind of camped in our own half for much of that game. And I felt we're quite lucky to escape with a 1-1. I felt the Southampton home game was similar. Pattern, you know, we started quite bright. We go 1-0 up and then I think we only really get away with that because of how Weistor Southampton were. Um, and, you know, Jordan Pickford's important saves he made at the end. Just felt like there were there were warning signs in those games which uh, weren't heeded um, in this game. And basically, Evans' luck ran out. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think this summer, I don't think we'll see like an overhaul. But I do think it does kind of tell me that Ancelotti maybe running out of patience with not patience but just faith or trust in this squad I think because um, it feels like we have to go kind of all out defence to see how win or he thinks we do anyway which you know it's his prerogative um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's quite a lot of action but you know I said if we're as passive in the transfer market this summer as we were in the last 10 minutes or so on, on Monday then we're going to have a problem yeah so no yeah, I mean it's it's you know, you bring up a good point with Josh King. It's obviously Everton have needed an, a, a really an attacking presence um, off the bench, really all season. I mean, it's 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 shown really from the first from the first match how much they need that extra attacking presence, somebody to come off the bench. But you know, even when we get injuries and stuff like that, it seems like the attack is is the part that's hurt the most. The the the, the you know the forwards and and those wingers, obviously with you know. The defense, there's a little bit more depth there, obviously having the four center backs and, and you know, even some of the central defensive midfielders that we have. Um, like you can, it's serviceable. Maybe, you know, right back is the one position that may not have as, as much depth as some of the other positions in, the, in that defense. But it's serviceable there. But, you know, when a, when a Hamas goes out and a Hamas isn't playing, we notice a certain lack of quality 
um, in the team. When, when Calvert-Lewin or, or Richarlison is off, we, we need an attacking presence uh, you know, off the outside. You know, Awobi out. You know, we need a winger. There's, there's so many if, – if Everton are not at 100%, which they haven't been for a majority of this season – there are a lot of questions to be asked about the team and, and the depth is, is, is so noticeable in those games. And it's, you know, like you said, if, if we're as passive as we were in the last 10 minutes in the transfer window, it's, it's really going to be a big problem. If, especially if Everton managed to get into a, you know, a Europa league or, or, you know, I mean, listen, and not saying this could happen, obviously still what five points out, only five points out of, out of fourth. So yeah. on the, on the, you know, a magical <laughs> um, miracle that we get into Champions League. That is that's going to be a serious issue, especially at the beginning of the season when you got players who played in the Euros. Um, some players have things like uh, you know the Gold Cup for Concacaf, you know things like things like that. That that players will be playing over the over the summer period. And they're not going to have as much time to rest and whatnot. So you're going to need that depth again this season, at least for the beginning of the season. So Ancelotti's got to go out there. Yes, I think we need some starters as well. I think I think that that that, that we can get. We, there are some players that could get in the first team, but we need to improve that depth as well. Whether it be by adding starters and and pushing some of the guys that are are currently starting for us to the bench, or whether it be just adding those depth pieces. So um, I mentioned Europe. Obviously, you know, with the latest uh, draw, we're now in eighth place, 47 points. We're five off fourth, four off fifth, uh, two off sixth, and we have a game in hand. So obviously, the game in hand helps tremendously. When that game will be played, no one knows because apparently they just don't want to schedule it. <laughs> um, Aston Villa away, though. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows when that'll actually happen? Um, but the question remains now. Currently in eighth place on 47 points, five back of fourth and, 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 and whatnot. Where does this leave us in the European quest? We're still in it, aren't we? But it does feel like we're only in it because of the other teams' toils as well. You know, Chelsea beat West Brom, which, you know, should, should be a given. Or, you know, Tottenham beat Newcastle. Um, or Liverpool hadn't lost all those home games. You know, we'd probably be caught adrift by now. Um, but I want us to get Europe, but I don't think. Do we deserve Europe? Do we look like a team ready for the Europa League, even let alone the Champions League? I don't, I'm not I'm not sure we do. I think we did at the start of the season for four games, but you've got to look like it for you know the best part of 38, and certainly this season at home. So this year at home, 2021, we we absolutely haven't. Um, so. You know, we are still in it, but would I be surprised if we don't get Europe? No, because I don't think we deserve it. I don't think we look like a team that's ready for Europe. We still look like a team that's in its infancy. And I made this point, I think with Paddy Boyle in the last podcast, that we look like a team who is only 50 or so games into his their manager's tenure, you know? Mm-hmm. You know and we, we, we're not a one-man team, but we, we're still too reliant, I think, on certain individuals. You see the difference James Rodriguez makes yesterday. You see the the lack of alternatives to Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front. You see the difference Abdoulaye Decoré makes when he plays midfield. I think I think I saw a stat 
Uh, Alan, Decore, Dean, Rodriguez, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison. All six of them have played six games together. As in, all six of them on the pitch at the same time for just six games this season. Um, so we need more, basically. Um, I think we'll get there. I thought, you know, the transfer window last year was, was pretty successful, pretty good hit rate. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would have faith in Everton doing the same, mm-hmm. having the same success this summer, but it just takes time. And at, the, at this moment, I don't think we look ready. Yeah, yeah. To to add to your point as well, you know, like you said, the hit rate has been pretty good. Um, I have faith in Marcel Brands and and Ancelotti to get the players in that they feel like they need. But you know, a lot of a lot of these players only playing six games together, like you mentioned, is also due to the fact that the amount of games that they've had to play. You know, these <laughs> the 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 injuries are mounting up. <laughs> because we don't have that depth because there are no players to replace these guys in the midweek games that we played so often at the beginning of the first, you know, few months of the season. So that's like, that's a serious issue. Obviously that won't be something. Well, it will be something if we want to get into Europe, something that we have to face again, there will be Wednesday games and or Thursday games. Thursday or, games yeah. Probably, yeah, probably whatever. yeah. Probably Thursday games, whatever, whatever it may be, there will be those games and there will be, week in, week out, we're going to have to play. And, 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 and we're seeing the toll that it's taking on this squad right now um, because of the depth issues. So, again, like we said, I trust Ancelotti to get the job done. I trust Marcel Brands to get the job done this summer. Um, but right now, the team that we have right now, if, if it manages to get into Europe, we are not ready to go into Europe and, and compete with – you know, teams in the Europa League um, and, and really put up a good showing in there, in my opinion. So we'll I, see. I just feel a bit like fatigued from this season now as well. I think we talked yeah. about some chats today, but it just feels like <laughs> it's weird because we do still have stuff to play for, but you just feel ready for the season to end now. I do kind of fear this season kind of just petering out a bit, even well, though we've got quite a, quite a kind fixture list, I think. Yeah, um, we absolutely do. But I think the problem is, despite the fact that we have a kind fixture list remaining and, and despite the, the teams that we've been playing recently, like we haven't been playing well. Against no, we, don't win, we don't win the kind games. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. it's much more straight. You're, you, you know, you're, if, if we, and, and we'll get in this a little bit, but I, I, mentioned to you, I mentioned to you yesterday in the chat, this team has dropped off the top of my head at least 13 points to teams that are like yeah. in the bottom five of the table. 13 yeah. points. 13 points that would put us in, I think, second place in the league. Yeah. You know, it, that's why it's so frustrating because you watch week in, week out, and you know the performance that they're going to put in against the Tottenham's, the Manchester United's, the Cities, the, the Chelsea's, the, the Arsenal's of the world, the, you know, quote-unquote top six, whether they be in the top six right now or not, yeah. um, the Leicesters. But – yeah, you 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 know what you're getting. You know that they can do that. You know that they can go out and do that. But when they play these lower level competitions, they don't finish their chances. They don't get the job done. And like you said, it gets taxing. And and, and we're like we're playing for something still. And, and it's to the point where it's like, I, I just I I don't like it. It's there's the stress yeah. and, and the the agita, as they say in in Italy um, yeah. that that you get from that the, that you get from watching these games because you know that they can be so much better but they're not there against these worst teams and you know we could be in a better space if we're in fourth place right now beating teams we should be beating on the majority of times rather than the minority which it has been 
I think that we feel a little bit better about the last nine games or whatever it may be. I yeah. think we're, we're, we're much more into the season, but it, it just, it's gotten to the point where I feel like all of us feel it's not going right. to get done. It's drained yeah. and it's then the job is not going to get done. It, it feels like we're, we're petering out, like you said, and, and it's, it's reaching the end of that point of our hopes of making Europe. I just, I just want all this to be honest with me. I just, you know, I'm a bit tired of, you know, maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like, I feel like we would be in a better, probably different place. We've made a lot of progress last season, this season, sorry, but I do feel like we'd be in a probably a better, even better place now than if COVID had never happened, if this was a normal season. Um, yeah. I just do. Maybe I'm really naive to think that, but, um, and everyone has, obviously, it's the same for every team, but. Yeah, well, I, just I, think, want, I just want next season where it feels more normal and I can feel more invested in it rather than, you know, watching all these these kind of empty, soulless games where it's quite hard to know what to take out of them as well and, and you know, what is a true reflection of them. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah. I think next season will be a much better indicator of where they're at. Um, and, you know, hopefully Goodison and all the stadiums are full again and it can feel a bit more real um, because at the moment you just kind of... Yeah, I mean, we're used to seasons kind of ending in January, aren't we? So, um, at least we've, I mean, like I said, it's not over because, you know, we still have a lot to play for. We're still very much in the hunt for Europe. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I just don't see many signs of a team that is capable of challenging in Europe. Well, yeah. Certainly, well, not, certainly not without the right additions anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think your point to your point, obviously, you know, you think things would be different. Obviously, like you said, teams would things may be different for other teams as well. You know, the Liverpools of the world might be in a better situation, the yeah. the, the city. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. all that, that that whole situation could be could be different for those teams as well. But I mean there is one good thing maybe that came out of it and the fact that maybe Everton's depth issues would be masked masked a little bit more in a regular season. Maybe yeah. because we played so many games that that kind of has has kind of exaggerated the issues and 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 kind of put a put a you know kind of like a, a microscope to those issues, yeah. um, and, and kind of brought them out to light. So maybe that is a good thing that has come from it and something that we know we need to fix. But you know, it's it, you're right. It's gotten a little bit exhausting. And, and then and as we mentioned, this team right now is going to need some additions to compete in Europe if we are to get yeah. in Europe. Uh, at the end of the season. So uh, let's wrap it up. Um, wrap up the, the palace talk a little bit with, with Pete's five telling stats that, that will, are these already out or are they coming out? I think they're coming out, but, but yeah. they'll be out when the podcast is. Have out. you got them up? Um, I can, I can, run I have, them. yeah, I got them right here. Okay. So. Um, they'll be out when the podcast is released, but yeah. um, you know, as Pete said, you know, we talked about the bottom half teams. Uh, he talked about the home form. We've now just five wins from from fifteen this season, five home wins. Um, you know, it's we've lost to or we've dropped points to Crystal Palace, to Leeds, to Burnley, to Newcastle, and to Fulham, all at home. When um, he scored two goals, yeah, as well. So you know that is, as Pete points out, if you win those five games, which are against teams that are not, you know. Shouldn't be shouldn't be giving us a hard time at home. Um, Everton would be second in the league right now, and currently we're sitting in eighth. So um, again, another another kind of sign of of what could have been or what could be right now if if Everton had finished their chances and and had had done the job against those lower teams. Yeah. Um, 
you know, just one goal from 15 attempts yesterday, um, which is obviously not great. Speaking, we, we spoke about DCL. I, I mentioned six yards. DCL has not scored a goal from more than eight yards out this season, um, which, again, I think that, that lays more claim and, and more you know, truth to our, yeah. our questions um, about him and, and his finishing in those one-on-one chances and maybe a little further inside or outside of that six-yard box. Um, Hamas had one goal, 92% pass accuracy, two yeah. chances created, as you said. Probably the best player on the pitch for Everton yesterday. Um, but, again, an opportunity missed. Everton would be three points off fourth with a game in hand um, right now if they won this one. So, and, and, and Pete so lovingly puts a picture of David Moyes in his <laughs> there. Um, you know, just, just the, you know, it, it, it's, it has been the season of what could be. And, and it's possibly going to be the season of what could have been if things don't yeah. take a severe turn towards the end of the season. So we'll see how that plays out. Let's, um, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the preview of Brighton, uh, which will take place next Monday. All right, we're back with uh, the Brighton preview. Everton taking on Brighton next Monday, April t- April 12th, excuse me, uh, at 8.15 uh, in England, 8.15 p.m. in England, 3.15 p.m. here on the East Coast of America. Um, Brighton currently in 16th place, which doesn't um, bode well for Everton. <laughs> They're it's, away. It's, a, it's away. So oh, it's away, so we're going to play great. Um, 32 points, six clear of, uh, Fulham, who's an 18th in that relegation spot. Uh, the last time these two teams met, which was in October back, I think in that run, that, that run. Where yeah. Everton yeah. Yeah. Everton won four, two, uh, Brighton's last game was a two, one loss to, uh, man United on Sunday. The one thing Everton have going for them, they're good on, on the road. Everton or Brighton are, are poor at home. They're the 17th best, uh, home record in the premier league which is, as you put here, Matthew, even worse than Everton in 14th. Um, They've won just two of their 15 home league games this season. Um, You asked the question, good team for Everton to play next, but if it is Everton that, as it it has been so so lovingly for so many years, two out of 15 home league games means they got to be due for something against Everton, right? (laughs) Two wins out of 15 home, yeah. Two home wins, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I don't think I, f- I feel okay about this game. To be honest, I just think I think the easing up of the schedule is a big help. Like we said before, um, you know, we really saw how that took its toll when we just constantly playing games in December, January, February, um, and Brighton. I think. You know, we we were much better than them in the reverse game. I know lots a lot's changed since then. We're not playing as sort of free flowing football as we were then. But I think I mean I said this about Palace, so you know, famous last words. But I feel like this is quite a nice game for Everton. Um, I think they, I mean they certainly have it within themselves to beat Brighton away. Um, and you know, with their away record and Brighton's home record. You would probably, you might fancy Everton, um, but I don't know. I feel like a draw probably in this one, but I wouldn't. No, it wouldn't surprise. I'd be surprised if Everton lose. I think if it was to go either way, I'd probably go for Everton to win this because we do seem to pull out. We do seem to pull out these away results, however sort of gritty yeah. and gnarly they are. 
Um, remember, remember at the beginning of the season when we were picking Everton to win all the time? That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think... I mean, Brighton are a funny team because I watched them and yeah. I, they, they, they look so much better than Newcastle and yet they're only four points out of them. And, mm-hmm. um, they, play, they play nice football. They, just, they can't score goals. Um, so... Um, you know, I would tr- I would back our defense to keep him quiet. I like Trossard. I think he's a good player. Yeah. Um. I like. I think Mopai's a decent striker. Um. I Lamptey is not playing as he's injured. Yeah, I don't uh, think he is. Yeah, he's no. a very good right back. Uh, I like the goalkeeper as well, Sanchez, who seems to come from nowhere and um, displaced. Matt Ryan is obviously left on loan. Um. So I think good, good players, Brian. Um. It'll be a tough game, but I think I feel like apart from like Sheffield United or maybe at the moment I don't know Wolves or I don't want to say Newcastle because they beat us home and away or you know maybe Fulham or the Fulham beats you know what I'm going to say it's like <laughs> these are probably the kind of games that you want to play uh, on paper anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good test for Everton because, like I said, they've struggled in these games recently. Uh, even against West Brom away, which they won, I thought they were pretty poor for most of that game and just did enough. Um, it's a really difficult game. Um, but I, 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 I fancy Everton to at least avoid defeat, as I said. Yeah. It's just quite hard to back Everton after seeing the way they played the last few games. So, um, and we're so you don't, you, we really don't know what you're going to get with Everton. So, um, you know, one, one way they... They deservedly win at Anfield the next, you know, a few weeks later they lose it to Burnley or Fulham or whatever. So, uh, forgive me for having, you know, not masses of faith in this in this team at the moment. Yeah, and I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, you're not going to be here, are you? You're going to be in Saint Lucia, so. Yeah, no, I'll be I'll be away the next couple of weeks, so I don't have to watch this. But <laughs> you can um, do if you want. Yeah, no, I can. Um, probably won't. Um, no. Um, but I, I think. The uh, you're right. I mean, it's it's a game that Everton should win. A game that ever that that should favor Everton. But as we've seen time and time again, these are the games that Everton have the most struggles with. Um, yeah. Any changes? You think? You know, obviously some players coming back maybe from injury. But I, well, what are you thinking for this game? Um, maybe Pickford back if he if he's if he's fit. Um, but Austin was okay yesterday. He didn't have much to do, but. I think Pickford, I am starting to come around to the idea now that Pickford is, you know, definitely the better of the two keepers. Um, and he's done well probably since Olsen came in, to be honest, mostly. Um, so I would probably put Pickford back in if he's fit. Uh, I don't know what else I would change because, again, like I said, you look at the bench and you think, well, what else can you do? I'm not sure about Michael. One player I'm not so sure about is Michael Keane. Because I think I don't know. I don't feel like playing him in a back three really suits him. I think he was he was he was okay yesterday. I said like I said before, I thought him and Mina were didn't really do much wrong. But I just feel like he, times looks a bit a bit more jittery in a three. I think maybe that might suit Ben Godfrey more. Um, but again, you know, it's not a lot of wriggle room for Ancelotti because he was he got, yesterday on the bench. He had he had Gabamin. Godfrey and King is like, and Sigurdsson was like his only senior players. Now we've probably lost Gomez to injury, so Sigurdsson, you, you think will come in for him? Yeah. So 
I mean, and even then, you know, it will be is out of form. Bernard is out of form, so um, not a lot of room for manoeuvre, unfortunately. I'd probably just go Pickford, to be honest, mate. Maybe uh, uh, I'd put Godfrey in as well. Maybe for Michael Keane, if it's a back three. Yeah. Maybe for... I mean, it feels harsh dropping Seamus Coleman, but maybe Seamus Coleman, if it's a back four, right back. Yeah, no, I I would agree. I kind of would like to see if we can do the same thing going forward as we did in this Palace game. I, 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 you know, I liked obviously how how good we were getting into the positions to have the chances to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah. like, we, like we said, if we yeah, finish absolutely. those chances, it's a different game. So I would be interested to see if that also works against Brighton. Um, so I, you know, if it is a back three, I, I would agree. I would cha- I would put Ben Godfrey in that back three and start him. And if Pickford's fit, I would start Pickford. But um, that's probably what I would go with, just because I, I think that that's probably that's the best. Again, didn't finish the chances, but that has been one of the better offensive performances we've seen since that that <laughs> since that that time where we were on that say at the beginning of the season when we were yeah, just scoring yeah. goals nonstop. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that would be interesting to see for me. That's a, that would probably be how I would go. Um, let's wrap it up, Matthew. Uh, predictions for this one? Okay, I will. I will. Uh, I will put my neck on the line here and go for it. Two one, Everton. Because I think I just feel like it's we have to win this really, and I just think yeah, you know we can't really afford to keep dropping silly points because then you look at the next two games with Tottenham and Arsenal and you think yeah Everton do better against those two kind of sides but you can't keep relying on that you need to win you need to just nail down these games first and then it's almost like anything you get in those games is a bonus or kind of backs up these results rather than kind of having to make up for lost time or lost ground so yeah I'll go 2-1 um, fancy Calvert going to get back among the goals in this one yeah, no, I'll. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the same. I'm we haven't won a Brighton, so I would just. But that's you. okay. That's okay. That 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 defers the fact that I Brighton haven't won at home all season. Basically, defers <laughs> the the Everton factor of that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go. We'll go with. I'm gonna go with two one Everton as well. Like you said, I think this is a a game they have to win, um, and, and I think that games you have to win and those I, I the, the one good thing about us being in a situation like this right now is that Ancelotti seems to get them up for the big games and I think now for the rest of the season these all now especially after the Palace draw become really big games so yeah. hopefully that is a factor and hopefully they come out firing on all cylinders in this one I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go with 2-1 two. Two, yeah I'll go with 2-1 as well yeah okay I um yeah I've only I went to Brighton a couple of years ago when uh, I don't know if you remember this game it was a really forgettable game it was like just after Christmas me and my cousin uh, got, the, got the bus down and got it about a 12 hour round trip to watch Everton lose 1-0 uh, <laughs> on like a freezing cold day um, but we lost I didn't, go, I didn't go last season but I remember we lost 3-2 with that Dean own goal and then the VAR penalty which they said afterwards shouldn't have stood and, yep and, yep uh, yep. Drew there with a like a last minute penalty with the other time I've been there. So yeah, yeah, not not positive experiences unfortunately. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, I don't think Brighton fans are like the most vociferous of fans. But hopefully, uh, in an empty stadium, we'll have more 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 luck next week. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Another hoodoo. We didn't win at Anfield for ages. We won there. We, yeah. have, we <laughs> never won away at Tottenham. 
You never want to wear it brighten, so let's let's get that next month here for a That would be beautiful. That would be very beautiful. All right, uh, Matthew, thank you as always for joining me. I appreciate thank it. You. Uh, to you guys Enjoy out there, what'd you say? Enjoy your wedding. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, I am getting married and then I'm going on a honeymoon, so I won't be around for a couple weeks, but Matthew will hold down the ship with, uh, with some of the other guys and, and some yeah. guests. So, um, you know, to you guys out there, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next time.